This is Blake 7 in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by 5 to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters and occasionally the not-so-one-offs, who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory and anything else that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, but this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the story first. Well, how nice to be back in Season 1 again, eh? Yeah, back in the quality times. We've just spent half an hour talking about Joe 90, and this is a good remedy from that. It is, because this is, what, twice the length of Joe 90? Mm-hmm. But this episode packs so much into it. I mean, it basically invents a whole backstory for the entire show, doesn't it? It introduces yep. our two top villains. It, it basically gives character to half the cast. Um, yep. This, this is cracking. I, uh, I, th- I don't know whether we ever did top episodes, did we, in the last time round. I, I don't remember. remember, but we could <laughs> but certainly start doing it now, because, so, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're basically, we're going back to all the stories. Yeah. I think every story we can return to, and if we if we can't, we will. So, so why not? Hey. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That'd be good. Because we do top it on every Top five episode. or top ten? Uh, let's do top... Let's do top five. Make top it difficult five. for ourselves. Alright, we'll... we'll um, I'll just make a note to discuss that at the end. So, top top fives. All right, got to put that in. All right, so, yeah. Um, yeah, a, a cracking story. Loved it. Really enjoyed watching it over breakfast this morning. Unfortunately, we've got to, we, we, we've got to fast forward through an awful lot of it. Yes, be, yeah. Be, but uh, I'll, I'll just mention here this Kentaro um, futuristic uh, complex, which still has wooden ladders and yeah. uh, and and that torch head on that high you... tech security gate yeah I, I don't know i don't know if you've got to the well you would have got to some of the episodes because obviously um we're doing the doctor who stuff as well when you're watching ambassadors of death of john pertwee mm-hmm. is this the same oil refinery it could be it looks damn close don't it? it's it's definitely in london Uh, this refinery and it was abandoned at the time that's how come you can set off all those explosions that they do through the thing it's not the same one as in Acton you know that they did Aliens and Batman 89 it's somewhere nearby because Stephen Greif on the uh, audio commentary says he went to school just round the corner he remembers when that was an up and running working a going concern sort of thing yeah um, I mean, our main subjects today are Prell and uh, Base Commander Escon, but yeah. I think, you, you know, every time we come back to a story, we're going to vote on, on characters and put them in the caravan park. We've got to talk about the robot today oh, um, at the end. We've yeah. got to vote on the de- design and effectiveness yeah. of Phil's baby. Yeah, yeah. so we, we, we've got to talk about that at the end. But first character we see... Uh, that we're going to focus on is Prell. Looks yes. like he's putting the bins out um, just before Blake and and uh, Villa get there. Yep. Um, I like his outfit. I mean, usually um, in Blake 7, you know, it's a cobble together from what you've got. But I like his white overalls with matching boots. Those boots look expensive. They're not Doc Martin's painted white or anything, are they? No, the, this I think we're still early enough in Season 1 that the budget is still is still okay but yeah the, the white boots are quite they do look expensive I, I imagine probably rented rather than mm. uh, rather than um, made but yeah def- it doesn't look like the normal Dr. Martin sprayed with uh, undercoat that immediately cracks off like they used to do with the Cybermen and that yeah, yeah this this looks like quite a, a high quality boot but yeah I like his outfit I like it I like, I like to be fair I like all the design stuff in this um, yeah, this this is when I think of the Federation. This is what I think of. You know, mm. I don't think of space rats and stuff. No, no, no. This is the Federation to me. Um, also, talking about outfits, um, this is the one and only time we ever see Avon in his space anorak. It is, yes, yeah. Did this... did you say before why he uh, never wore it? Is it Paul Darrow he, didn't yeah, like Paul, it? Paul Darrow didn't like it, and he wanted Avon to be. 
uh, to be shown as separate to the rest, that he's an outsider uh. looking in at them. Um, which I think is a, is quite a good move because I could imagine in in the Blake Seven world that Blake has you know given this on a coat hanger to Avon says you got to wear this. He's worn it once and gone. Nah, I'm not. <laughs> no, it's I'm a shame because I like that shade of like yeah. dark bluey grey. I yeah, think it when, really suits him as well. Yeah, when I came to make um, when I came to make some of the the, the Anorex, I did an Avon one uh, and a Blake one because yeah, I like that look. Mm. Um, but I might, I might make another because I quite liked Villa's red one uh, as well. But um, yeah, it, it don't he look weird wearing it though? Because yeah. we're not used to seeing it. No, you should do a red one or something, yeah. and, and 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 wear it to uh, the forthcoming event. I'll, yeah. I'll still have my green one, and you could have a yeah. red one. Yeah, I might, I might have a go at knocking one up. So I got my, I've uh, done a, a season four Villa outfit. Um, so I'll be wearing that as well. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a Villa heavy. It'll be the one that Michael Keaton doesn't go to. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be my You just life. know it, don't you? I just yeah. know it. I drive people away because I dress up as them. <laughs> I don't blame them. Yeah. <laughs> this story is is um, um, one of those things, you get it in Doctor Who at the time, where you watch and, and you're looking at things and what back in the day was quite new and innovative now is like, you know, old hat. And that's when Prell and the others are moved into that storage room. There's an awful lot of B&Q storage boxes all stacked. And I'm sure back in 78, they were radical and new and wonderful. But now it's like... I've literally got the same things, but in uh, grey up in the attic. Mm. Um, Yeah, they, they, they probably were quite new um, plastic storage tubs but yeah they, it, it looks although it's a design that works so why wouldn't it carry on yeah why because because the other thing we could have had is space containers you know where it's like they've got to paint them silver or something um, the uh, I like the um, when they go into that storage room and the shelving is just that blue shelving mm. as well that you get everywhere. Yeah. You know, so I suppose it's a working base. It sort of makes sense. Um, the, we do get the, uh, in that room, a couple of the worst fights choreographed yeah. ever. But before we get to that fight, what I don't like, we get a nice close up of Prell as he's standing there, you know, yep. uh, with, with Callie behind him. You get a nice close up of his name badge, and I don't like it when we have our modern English. I like the, the times where you have, we can't decipher what that writing is. Yeah. You, you know, it's like when they mention miles and things like that, it's too much of our time. Yeah. You know? It, it, it grounds it a bit too much in the present or in, I yeah. suppose in our case the past um, but yeah I I quite like I like that I, I, I'm one, one respect I do like that we see their names because half the time the Federation do become just faceless yeah. goons don't they so it's nice that we get a couple of names in this one um, I like that uh, Prell is the one that goes for a thermos flask to, to hit Callie with that's what um, I like about yeah. Prell. He's not just going to stand there. No. You know, when when she's distracted, he reaches for it, and she obviously sees a bit of movement, and he puts his hand back. You know, this first time. Yeah. Um, well, this, it's really good because both of the characters we look we're looking at this week um, are good Federation sort of citizens, aren't they? They're not. They're not evil. They're not bad guys. They're not brainless morons they're not tractor farmers these seem very professional very intelligent people he's a scientist Prell, isn't he he's a scientist yeah. and he's a ba- you know he's a, a some sort of technician on the base in charge of him um and i like that he even though travis gets a bit annoyed at him later i like that he, he uses his own initiative yeah yeah um something else we're going to vote on today um, is going to be the Federation Guards, Season yeah. 1 Federation Guards. And up until now, since the reboot of this show, we've just been given a, a straight, you know, out of 10 for every character. Yes. But I think we've got to start doing what we do on Doctor Who and the, our Hammer film one, which is design and uh, effectiveness. I agree, because I think if we're doing that, we can also 
br- we get more mileage out of it. We can break down some of the major characters, the crew, by season. Yeah. yeah. Well, you we've know. already got season one, Callie, haven't yes. we? Yes. Yeah. Um, um, no, season two, Callie. Season two, Bounty, Callie. Yes. Yeah, that was Bounty, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, we we've got to vote on Federation Guard because okay. yeah, this. The, the Federation guards that we see, you know, they've been knocked out. One of them wakes up, legs it. Villa chases after him, and Villa very easily knocks him out. But the yeah. guard has pressed the alarm. Well, it, it, it it's a bit... This bit, although it's, an, it's a really nice Villa bit and it's comedy, it's a bit everyone uses on clip shows and things like that. It doesn't, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? Because they... Unless the Federation troopers are so used to the security being so top-notch that no one, they never see anyone that isn't meant to be there. You know, they're not mm. gate security, they're people that guard the canteen sort of thing. But when he wanders up and he does the old, um, hello, I'm a terrorist, hello. I'm a saboteur, mm. and I'm looking for something. And they just look at each other and then look at him. It's like, oh, would they? Wouldn't they have just yeah. shot him? You um, compare them to earlier in the season. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And then they um, they knock him out, and then they wake up and run. And then we get that really weird edited bit where Villa hits hits him with the, uh, the with his, um, his picnic, hamper. picnic hamper full of uh, downpipes. And I think, okay, you knocked him out. Why is he wearing a helmet? Mm. What use? It's like stormtroopers. What use are these helmets if See, I, you can be knocked out wearing them? I would much prefer it if we hadn't seen Villa swing that hamper and the yeah. guy just falls down because that could be open to interpretation. Yeah. It could have shivved yeah. him or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, I know it, these are the heroes now, but yeah, wouldn't it have been great if Villa had, yeah, just pulled out a, a homemade shiv and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? But, um, yeah, Villa at least is doing something proactive. Uh, which is great, um, but yeah, he uh, he knock, knocks him out again. But it's really weirdly edited, isn't it? I always yeah. I remember the VHS when this came out on VHS, and I used to watch it like every day. I'd watch this; it's brilliant, wearing it out. And I used to think, oh, when we get the full episodes, it'll be better. They've obviously cut some violence out or something. But no, that's no. exactly how it is. Yeah, yeah. We get violence next as well because yep. uh, as Callie is distracted, Prell chucks these little thermos flasks and it's like, get her. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and, and she's caught. It's quite brutal. The guard, you know, slapping her across the face. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and Prell takes charge, doesn't he? he yeah, he immediately he's, he's obviously in charge. He's ordering the him around. following him, yeah. And yeah. He, he, he's, he's, you know, does, does what's needed. Yeah. Um, but, is this the yeah. very first time in the show's history we see a Federation guard actually unmask himself? Yep, uh, I think it yeah. is, yes. Yeah, that's um, Frank Meyer, uh, that's the guy a one, with the tash. wonderful tash, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he's a stuntman. Yeah, he's a stuntman, and, and he was a stand-in for Roger Moore. Oh, right. Obviously, minus the tash when he yeah. did that. Yeah. And, yeah, first time we ever see him unmasked, we'll get a nice clear shot of the balaclava that I know so well. Wouldn't it have been great if he had taken the helmet off? twirled his moustache and then in his Roger Moore voice said uh, I see you're taking a nap Kelly <laughs> that would have been great yeah but, um, I, 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 I feel like for it. these it, guys it humanises them as well isn't it it yeah. humanises them yeah he gets duffed up by Kelly does, though yeah. doesn't he yeah. you, you, you know um, we got to fast forward to uh, uh, Federation HQ uh, yep. two more people were voting about today the brilliant Rontaine and Burkhol yes yeah they're, they're um, superb I Coming back from season four, <clears throat> it's just shocking, isn't it? That season one, everyone's a real person. There's no caricatures kicking about. There's no there's shades of grey all over the place. It's a political drama. And coming from season four, which is space adventurers. Yeah. It's like how did it get to that point? Yeah. No, I love it. I love. I love that these two are there. I love. I mean, we've discussed these two uh, quite a bit, didn't we? In, yeah, we we, we, we separate. We've done both of them yeah. already. So, but it, it's a fabulous scene. We talked about yeah. it before. About everyone's been very nice. They're all smiles. Yeah. But there's threats under oh, this, the smiles, this, aren't there? And this is what I absolutely love. These are the these are the sort of scenes that I love in um, the 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 original novel of June. It's not the action adventure. It's the 
it's the snakes around the table being fakely civil, the political yeah. stuff. And this is great. There's so much going on in this scene. Um, you know, you've got Servalan introduced, who's great. I, I don't think Jackie Pierce ever looked better than in this episode. I think this is like the pinnacle, um, even though it's her first appearance. Uh, she's. We don't know her character yet. So this is filling it all out, and it's great, some great stuff in it. And then these two politicos turn up, and it just fleshes out and builds this world so much. Um, but yeah, I love all this this hidden agendas, plans within plans. And yeah, everyone's smiling, but you wouldn't turn your back on any of these people, no. would you? I love Rontaine's, like, this vulnerable, lucky man lucky. yeah that's it's the way he raises his eyebrows when he goes lucky man yeah it's it's great because i <clears throat> i love that <clears throat> i love it when people like serverland are on the back foot you know what i mean they're not she knows she knows that she's got power but she doesn't at this point have power over the politicians mm. even though she wishes she would they know they've got power over her, but they know they can't give her a direct order because she's military. It's just, it's so well done. And we lose yeah. this quite rapidly, don't we? By about season, halfway through season two, we lose all of this political stuff. It's As you shame. say, compare this to Star Drive. Oh, God. It's a and they are universe, two completely yeah. different universes. But yeah. no, it, it is terrific. I love it dearly. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's, 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 it's. It's perfect. It's, it really is. It's the first time we see Space Command as well, isn't it? That fabulous. First model. time we've seen Serverland. This is Serverland's yeah, first yeah. appearance. And and I, I I must say, you know, um, I don't think Jacqueline Pierce looked ever uh, more beautiful than she does no, in this. This is this is her best look, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, I like the way also, you know, they are, you know, threatening each other, but even they are, are falter at the name of Travis being yeah. put on the case. I, mean, it, I love the way Burkhol looks yeah. to um, to Rontaine for his reaction. Yeah, there's so much, um, so much build-up of Travis in all these things, and the next couple of scenes where Servalan's talking to the young officer... And it's great because it builds up that Travis is not only a, a threat to the to Blake and that his own side don't particularly like him or his methods. Mm. Um, again, compare this with the comedy "Everyone's a Villain" season four Federation. Yeah, um, yeah. The, these officers have it's it's a, an authoritative regime. It's a despotic regime but they're operating under rules yeah um yeah and it's re it's really good and they build up travis but yeah i love that bit where might i ask the officer's name yes space commander <laughs> travis oh uh... excellent <laughs> yeah it's, it's brilliant it tells us so much it's like they're like oh shit <laughs> yeah this is gonna get messy yeah so we have that and Another person, and again, design and effectiveness is going to uh, to, to factor in here. Yeah. Uh, Serverland's old friend Ray. This yes. this this bouffant. Yeah, this bouffant um, non-line officer. He's a staff officer. She's obviously been shagging to 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 you know get control over these people, um, and it's great because I love again. I love Jacqueline Pierce's performance. So she's like. Oh come on! Oh, don't be. Oh, and then as soon as she realises he's against Travis, it's like, fuck you as well. And she just turns on a dime on him. It's he great. oversteps yeah. the mark, yeah, yep. doesn't he? he you absolutely know, does. And he has the audacity to point, say there yeah. are people, and I'm sure yeah. he's one of them, who will not work yeah. with him, will not take orders from him. Yep. And she just, yeah, she straight away drops all that uh, falseness, and it's like, yeah, you will. <laughs> Yeah, you tell these people. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So we move forward to Tra Travis barging in. He's been told to wait. Ever. That is brilliant. It's, you know, it's superb. It, I love it. it just, I mean, the camera angles are great. And then when he says, uh, uh, "Your aide told me to wait," <laughs> he was obviously must be wrong. mistaken. Yeah. I love the way we only really see his left hip. Yeah. And his left hand on his left hip yeah. for that first point. And yeah, we get the reveal. We see him. She says, "Destroy Blake," and it's like, 
depend, depend on, on it. it. <laughs> yeah, and it's not it's not done in any over the top way. It's like yeah, okay, I'll do it. It, yep. it it's great. I mean, you you all know I love me a Travis Mark too. I love me a Brian. He's great. But even I will concede that for this and probably Jewel, Stephen Grice's Taron, uh, uh, Taron, Travis, Taron. Can imagine he would have played a better one. Uh, Stephen Grice's Travis is superb. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I go so yeah. far as to say. Yep. All right. So off he goes to uh, Kentaro, and the yep. uh, first thing he says when he walks in that room stop! these men doing here? Well, I didn't think it would start on clearing up the worst of the damage. My orders were that nothing was to be touched in this room. Nothing. Get out! Go through the sequence of events. From the beginning, sir? Well, naturally. Well, two of our men came through the door. From the description you've given me, one of them was certainly Blake. Go on. Well, we were made to stand against the wall. Then a minute later, three more of them just appeared. Appeared? Well, materialised, sir. My men and I were taken out by a man and a girl. It was a girl who kept us prisoner in the equipment store. We overpowered her. The demolition charges went off, sir. Well, we were lucky to get out alive. How long were Blake and his men in here? Five, ten minutes, not more. Five or ten minutes? They could have set demolition charges in 30 seconds. What were they doing in that extra time? Perhaps they had trouble getting them to work, sir. And why did they take you and your men out of here? I suppose they thought it was safer with us out of the way. No. No. There's something missing. I'm missing something. Do you still have the original construction plans for this room? They'll be on record, sir. And detailed diagrams of all the circuits? Yes. Good. I'm sending in a forensic team. I want a full catalogue of every item in this room. But, sir... Everything must be accounted for. But, sir... Well, that could take months, sir, if it's possible at all. Prell, if I were you, I'd make it possible. I want that catalogue in 20 hours. Sir? Yes? Right. What is it? They found something under the rubble. I think you'd better come along. Damn. Yeah, he's so annoyed, isn't he? Um... Yeah. Prell thought he would yeah. tidy up, didn't he? Yeah. Which really pisses Travis off. Well, Prell's idea is we need to get the base back up and running. He's not thinking it as a forensic examination. Um, and again, this is what's so good about this. You, this could be in an episode of um, any cop drama. You know, stop! What are you doing to the crime scene? It, yeah. It's brilliant. And um, I love that he says, get out, and then two of them get out and one hangs about a bit. And Travis just grabs him and pushes him out. Shoves him out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's such yeah. good stuff. We get lovely shots through all this while he tells, you know, Prell to describe exactly what happened. Yeah. We get lo- lovely close-ups of, of Travis's outfit. Yeah. Which, of course, was made in that um, sex shop yep. somewhere <laughs> up Tottenham look, Court yeah. Road. Doesn't it look it? It's another outfit that, you know, I really want to make. Um, but it's super complicated. mm you know, I, I might have a go at it if I can get enough pleather. <laughs> um, I might have a go at it. I a just lot imagine, of work went yeah. into that, didn't it? Oh, and it, it's it's great. The only trouble with this particular outfit, and you can see it on Stephen, it's not at all flattering in its body shape because it's so okay. tight. So he he looks overweight in it, and we know he's not. But he yeah, he looks a bit kidney shaped in it. Yeah. Um, so God knows what it'd look like on me. I I, I like with with Travis Mark One. Unlike Travis Mark Two, you never ever see Travis Mark One out of that outfit and yeah. in a different outfit. He, okay, he's got an anorak on uh, for Project Avalon, but he you never see him in his civvies. You no. never see him in a disguise. To and the I point, think that's fabulous. Yeah. To the point where, like as a kid, I always wondered how much of him is robotic underneath that. Can he take it off? Mm? You know, is is this him? Um, but the other thing is, of course, Travis Mark One is always on duty. He's Federation through and through. Yeah. Um, so of course, this 
you're never going to see him in a sombrero and a, and a cape. No, you you can't see Stephen in that story, can no, you? You cannot. Um, no. Yeah, he wants all debris checked by yep. a forensic team and uh, orders Prell to do to do so. Yep. That bloody stupid communication box that Prell's yeah. got. Um, where you have to put it to your ear to listen and put yeah. it to your throat not, to talk. Not very. Uh, you can tell this was pre-mobile phones. It's not very uh, practical, is it, as a device? No. Yeah, you can't. It's definitely uh, uh, speak, 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 over, and then listen. You can't have a, a duplex conversation on it. Um, it's the equivalent yeah. of the two tin cans with a bit it of really string is, between yeah. them, isn't it? Um, yeah. And my understanding, I think on one of the interviews, I, mean, I think Stephen Greif mentions that that was the actor's choice, wasn't it? He just, he decided oh, really? to do it. And they were like, eh, okay. Because no one else uses those communicators in that way. Well, later on, he, he has a different communicator yeah. and he still does the same thing. Yeah. So I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I love it that, again, um, absolutely practical like they do in crash investigations this is what they do they they lay out all the parts they go off the blueprints yeah um yeah and it's great and it's it's i love this real life sort of forensics style procedure Mm. compared to uh uh getting a load of um uh of uh uh, no, what are they? Not mutos. What are the hell are the, the people in season two that Travis gets to get? Crimos. Crimos, yeah. Can you imagine? I can't imagine Stephen Greif ever get shouting out, Crimos! No, no, no. Um, there's a bit of a continuity or a, a, a little flub in dialogue because when they find Callie, Travis says, get a medical unit, she's going to be taken back to HQ. But she never leaves Kentaro, no. does she? Well, I wonder if um, if Travis has contacted Serverland and said, you know, I'm going to return her to HQ to interrogation. And she says, no, keep her there or something. But yeah, it, they never move her off for some reason. No. I mean, he goes back and we have that yeah. odd shot of him looking at photos of Blake's yeah. torture, getting off on it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. yeah, and I love the way he stands up to Serverland. You know, yeah. he wants... Um, the Starburst class pursuit ships. She says, I've only got three and they're, they're assigned to the uh, Galactic 8th Fleet. Yeah. And he's like, well, reassign them reassign then. You know? Yeah. Well, he's yeah. right. He's, he's good. Yeah, the only chance I get to go against the Liberator is going to be our best ships and even they're not particularly good. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely right on it. Yeah. And he wants mutoid crews and that's yes. when we get a bit of a backstory, don't we? We, find we out do, yeah. We about. find out he's got an affinity for the uh, bionically enhanced uh, yeah. mutos uh, to match himself. Um, and I, I, I think that's a nice little character thing, isn't it? It's, it's interesting because in Jewel we see him uh, sort of uh, probing, <laughs> sounds awful, probing the uh, mutoid. Um, What's the mutoid's yeah. name? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've missed that. Oh, I had a good old days. Um, uh. And he's he, he, he sort of he's he's not quite. I think he wants mutoids because he doesn't have to befriend them, in it. I don't mm. think he wants a crew that he's going to befriend. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a good point. And again, we we think, oh, mutoids. Oh, it's going to be good. Yeah. You know, fresh from. Uh, reading Judge Dredd and the Cursed Earth. It's like, oh, what are they going to look like? Yeah, yeah. Um, Prell, meanwhile, he's worked out uh, what's happened by looking at the pieces of debris. There's a bit yes. that, that should be there that isn't there, therefore it was taken away before the explosion. Well, he, and... it, it, it's the blast the blast radius um, damage on a part that should have been uh, mm. Should have been sealed up and not damaged, which means it was obviously open. And then he yeah, works out that it. the part was missing. Which again, I think that's great. That's that's really that's really well written. You know, to to work it all out. Yeah. Um, and that's the second communicator, which matches the one Travis has got. And that's that's one on one of the outtake gag reels, isn't it? Yes. With Stephen Greif grabbing it and yeah. smashing it. You know. Yeah. It yeah. Just goes to pieces. Yeah, and Serverland, you know, she's like, well, we've got to change the code. And he's like, no, wait a minute, wait a yeah. minute. You know, don't change the code. Let's send something that Blake wants to hear. 
you know? Yeah. Which and again Blake is falls a, for it. Yeah. Is a is is a great line because Servalan is just worried about what they might find out our secrets, and and Travis doesn't care. He, his job is to catch Blake, so he doesn't care whether they find out. They're going to be dead. Yeah. 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 So again, really, everything everything is um, character driven. Yeah. Which is yeah. what I like about this. What I like about it as well. This this is early in in the show's run. So when we go back to Kentaro, we've got quite a few Federation troopers yeah. marching along. We've got five or six of them. I don't like that guy that goes past. We mentioned it before. We, with his faceplate half up. I yeah. don't think he can see where he's going. So he's lifted his faceplate yeah, half I think, up. Because we we first saw that in um, in Bounty, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, that that helmet. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a great fan of the the lifting faceplate. It, it always looked like an afterthought. Yeah, um, it looks crudely done as yes, well, cut, cutting that done. that ring and everything. Probably just a but, bandsaw, isn't it? Straight <laughs> That's what they would have done. So yeah, here we go. Base Commander Escon. Yes. Base Commander Escon reporting, sir. Yes, Base Commander. I've escorted the prisoner to the interrogation room, and my men have been briefed to keep out of sight until you give the signal. Good. Blake is to get right inside the building before anybody makes a move. Understood, sir. Sit down, base commander. Thank you, sir. How are your units deployed? We have the whole area circled. Squads on every roof. Destructors with wide firing spread around every wall. Once they're inside, there's no way they're going to get out again. Good. Space watch reports. An unidentified ship entered our upper atmosphere about an hour before you arrived. Blake? We assume, sir. Why? Because it came in close and then raced back out again. Our guess is that it was doing a fast ground survey. Seems reasonable. Where is it now? In fixed orbit, about a quarter of a million out. Quarter of a million? They won't be able to use their teleport at that range, they'll have to come in closer. And they can't do that without our knowing it. Which leaves just one chance factor. Exactly where they'll teleport down. The odds are against them being able to zero in on the interrogation room. I think we have that beaten too, sir. Oh. My research people have rigged up the entire complex with an MSD. What? A molecular shift detector, sir. Apparently, there's an enormous kinetic potential set up by teleport communications. A rough analogy would be the, the static build-up during an electrical storm. Yes, well, I'm always grateful for a rough analogy. What does it do? It tells us exactly where and when they land. It's perfect. He still may not come. Oh, he'll come. He wouldn't abandon the girl. Not Blake. Right, it starts now. Get undercover. Sir. Oh, and base commander. Remember, Blake is to get right inside the building. Let him find me and the girl before anybody makes a move. Is that clearly understood? Understood, sir. I like, I, and again, I like this little scene, even though he's not in it much. Because um, Travis is immediately treats him with more respect than he's treated anyone else. Yes. Um, which is great. It's like you're you're an officer. You deserve respect, and you're a, a, a line officer. You're a base commander. So yeah, and I like it where he goes um, sit yourself down. And he's almost this is as close to chatty as we get, isn't yeah. it? With, yeah. with Travis. Um, yeah. It's it's really good. And of course, it's the classic uh, rough analogy. Yeah, and this is Ian oh. Cullen, isn't it? Yes. Um, who, who was famous on Z Cars at the time. Yeah. He, if you listen to the audio commentary... Um, he was also in Doctor Who at the Aztecs, wasn't he? He was. I've, I've got information Extra. shortly. Um, but yeah, Michael Keaton on the audio commentary says that he was a last-minute replacement. He okay. says the other actor got into a terrible pickle. He couldn't do the lines. He had had an accident or something, and he couldn't get the lines out. Wow. And they had to hurriedly get someone in. I guess Ian Cullen was walking along the corridor yeah. at BBC uh, Centre and they whipped him Cullen. in. Ian Cullen, put yeah. on this helmet. Yeah, and yeah, we have that classic line. Um, yeah. Because he tells Travis a, a ship came in and went back out really fast. And Travis believes that's a, a, a recce by the Liberator. Yes. And then, yeah, he talks about this MSD, the Molecular yeah. Shift Detector. Which never we never again. hear from again. No, it would no. be so handy, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. unless, unless Travis put a report in to say it was useless and they just didn't bother following it up. But yeah, mm. it, and I love it. Because, it again, this adds so much to both sides because we realise that the Federation 
are pretty good at what they do. They're quick enough to work out a way round uh, Blake's miraculous teleport facility. Um, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's a shame they didn't follow up on it. No. Um, I no, suppose it would have no, killed the series dead. Maybe nobody else was up for a rough analogy. Yeah. So they didn't listen to him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Travis goes off to see Callie. He's all cocky. You know, yeah. your friends are coming for you. Um, I love the way he goes, this won't hurt, as he turns those electric bands on, and it yeah. clearly does. It does, yeah. Um, oh, and he I, goes I out. it wouldn't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> he goes outside, yeah. checks the guards, hands on hips, goes back into the room, and Callie is gone. Yep. But he Blake have gone is to there. Gloat, should he? Shouldn't no. Have so I'm guessing Blake was in the room next door, yeah, just waiting for so, Travis yeah. to pop just back out so. again. Um yeah, and uh, I like the way Callie threatens him, you know, um, you, you know, and orders him into the chair. Yeah. And, of course, they don't know at this point that Travis has got an artificial hand with his laser-on yeah. destroyer in it. Yeah. I mean, almost, and it's not Blake Seven's fault, this, because it's, it's any drama, and sometimes real life. Um, if they'd have just killed him there and then. You know what I mean? It's like just... Yeah. Yeah, he says, you better kill me, Blake. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to kill you. It won't change anything. Um, and uh, But it's Callie who saves the day. She's the one who sees him cocking, yeah. if you forgive the uh, term. Um, she sees him playing with his thumb, which is yeah. it's almost winding like it's a wind-up thing. Yeah. yeah, really good. Um, but yeah, how different would Blake Seven have been if they'd have killed Travis? Not the show. I mean, the show would have been different as well. But... If he'd have killed Travis there and then, because Blake, yeah, Blake says nothing will change, it would because the whole Star One thing wouldn't have happened. No, yeah, yeah, you know, it it would have been very different. It's all Blake's fault. It's all Blake's fault. Yeah, yeah, goody yeah. goody. I love the way you know. I mean, they smash his hand. You know, yeah. the guards are at the door, and he is screaming, "Take yeah, them!" Shoot. Yeah, don't worry. It about doesn't me. matter about me. Launch the interceptors. Get after yeah. them. You know. Yeah, he's he's again at this point he's. Uh, duty through and through, yeah. I'll, whatever it takes, and if it takes me dying, so be it. Yeah, it's, it's such a good performance. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and that's when we get the end. I mean, we see Travis's stupid little spud gun. Yeah, it, that's the only thing that lets this down is his little sidearm. It um, is a spud gun. It is. The ones yeah, you get free in, in comics. Yeah, yeah just sprayed black. Yeah, yeah, they used to be red. Uh, I used to love them as it was spud guns. Cost of potatoes now. Kids wouldn't know what a spud gun is now. Kids wouldn't know what a pea shooter is. You know. Kids wouldn't know what peas are. Yeah, true, true. And yeah, it ends with you know Travis looking up at the ceiling, going, "Run, Blake, run! You can't hide from me. I am your death, Blake." It's a great line. Mm. Great line. Great performance. Great episode. It is. It is. So, I mean, our, our, our main characters today are um, Prell and Base Commander Escon. Yeah. Um, but before we talk about them, for the first time ever since the resurrection of this show, I can use this fabulous Blake Seven Production Diary Series A Oh, excellent. Book. Yeah, the, the wonderful Because I've book. got information, so I've, I've, I've highlighted bits in here. Oh, um, you haven't? Highlighted it with a highlighter? No, no, not with a highlighter. No, 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 no. I've, I've, got, little, I've got little post-it notes um, marking the pages. Two copies, mightn't you? A reading copy and a should have done that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, first first day working on Blake Seven for Stephen Greif was Tuesday, the sixth of December, nineteen seventy-seven. Right, just um, after Star Wars. Yeah. And it says, this is Stephen Greif's first working day on Blake 7. The actor is pleased with his costume, but is dismayed when he realises that the eye patch will cover a third of his face. Yeah. The prosthetic is uncomfortable to wear, and Greif has to look through a small hole which severely restricts his vision. Yeah, because we've said before about um, how far does it go, and watching it this time, you can see it, it... It's like a side cap. It goes right to the back of his head, and then you've stuck fake hair on it. Yes. Really well done. Really. Yeah. Stephen says they had an idea that he should be dressed all in black and wear an eye patch. I took this to mean the sort of patch you you have if you injure your eye, not a mask that covered a third of the face. I found out about the eye patch on the first day. 
Of course, I accepted it, but it was very uncomfortable to wear. I had problems with distance and perceiving depth. Although I could see out through a small hole, I couldn't see things in their proper perspective. Yeah. And Barbara Lane said, I thought Travis would look more threatening if we created a black skin over the eye instead of a simple eye patch. We softened the edge and made the whole area dark and menacing. All right. Yeah, it's re really good. But having sort of worn the eye patch at, at the convention as Travis Mark II, which has slits in it, so slightly better vision than the, the small pinhole that uh, Stephen Greif had. Um, yeah, it really throws your uh, depth perception. Yeah? Yeah, it's weird. Alright, and then it says, Wednesday the 7th, so the next day, uh, during a break-in filming, a dedicated photo session is conducted featuring Gareth Thomas to capture a variety of images depicting Blake undergoing torture. These photographs would be, will be used during the studio recording of Seek Locator's Joy for a scene in which Travis examines the Federation's file on Blake. Right. And then it also says on that same day, a limited amount of model filming takes place today at Ealing Studios to capture the establishing shots of Space Command headquarters. The model is positioned upside down, positioning the wires at the lower part of the frame where they are less likely to be visible to viewers. And we've mentioned this before. That is very clever because if it you is, look at yeah. a model, you're looking for the wires above it that it's hanging yeah, on. 100%. But if you film yeah. it upside down, you're not looking for wires at the bottom. No. And this um, this uh, Space Command, which doesn't exist, does it? It's, it's missing. It's presumed skipped. It, in a landfill yeah, somewhere. In a landfill. Yeah. Um, but our, our friend Phil does have some theories about what it was you, it was made from hmm. um, uh, which I'm sure you can probably put on the, the Facebook page now but yeah it was a he thinks it's a uh, a, a model we used in previous yeah. shows that had been tied up which makes sense you know rather than creating it from scratch but it's, it's a great model it's a shame hmm. there's only like one shot of it isn't there yeah yeah, Just but they use that endlessly. Yes, they do. They do. Get their money's worth out of it. Yeah. All right. So actors then: Prell, Peter Craze, not Blade the Peter Craze. No, it's Peter Glaze. I'm thinking that's of. Peter Glaze. Yeah. You're thinking Crackerjack, aren't you? Yeah. Um, his who tally? We only do who tally in in this show yes, now. Yes, that's true. He's got a who tally of three. He was All in right. Doctor Who three times. Um, he was Daco, one of the young rebels in the Space Museum. Oh, you know, right. Alongside old the, Jeremy uh, Bullock. Yeah, one of the weird eyebrowed um, polo neck wearers. Yeah, well, that was Prell. He played Costa, who was a customs official in Nightmare to Eden. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And uh, Dupont, uh, one, a French soldier in the war games. Ah. So he, he goes back quite yeah. a way wow. in Doctor Who. He sounds yep. like he's... Uh, uh, a BBC um, sort of regular. Yeah, a stalwart. A stalwart, yeah. Probably yeah. very reliable. Directors get to know him and, yeah, gets work out of it. Yep. And then we've got uh, Ian Cullen playing yep. Escon. He, he, as I say, he was a big star in Z Cars from 1969 onwards. I only got a uh, who tally of one. You mentioned it earlier. Yep. He plays Ixta in the Aztecs. Yep. And it's a very good, uh, memorable part. We, we've not covered the Aztecs because we don't do the historicals. We don't do historicals. Yeah, it's, no. it's one of my favourite historicals. It's such a good, uh, mm -hmm. a good show. We're we're holding off on on Burkle and Rontaine yes. for their who tallies until when uh, for when we come back for trial because both of them are in trial, aren't they? Also, yeah, it would take a while to do uh, uh, to do Nida, wouldn't it? <laughs> He'd yeah, quite yeah. a few times. But Stephen. Oh, Stephen Greif there has a who tally of 16, which I was very surprised about. Uh, and that's okay. because... Is it audio? Uh, it's animation. Oh, uh, okay. The, he played a character called Gurney. And I think Gurney is a robot, right? Right. He was in totally Doctor Who two times, Doctor Who The Infinite Quest, and oh, Doctor Who The Animated Series 13 times. But I haven't gone anywhere near that, so no, I don't know what that means. I don't really count that as, as who. Shall we not count that, then? No. Well, we'll count it, because he got paid for being in Doctor Who. Yeah, I would have loved right. to have seen him in the actual show. Yeah. That would have been good. Can you imagine him being 
doing the Brian Croucher thing in Robots of Death rather than Brian, yeah. Brian Croucher. Well, I could see him as uh, um, Count Scalioni in um, City mm. of Death. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool, he would be menacing. Yeah, menacing and suave. Yeah. All right, so before we get on to the caravan park thing... Yep. You, your, your idea about doing top fives. Yes. Right? So, at the moment, one, two, three, we have five. Okay. This is our fifth story that we've actually uh, covered since we've come back. Okay. All let's, right? uh, let's work through them as if we'd have done, remember to do this each week. Though. So, what was, what was the first season one we did? When the we very came back? first one we did, I think, yeah, it was Bounty. Oh, we right. talked okay. about toys, didn't we? So, yes. so in your top five. Uh, so I'm. I'm ga- normally, we would just add stuff until we've got to kick them out. Yeah, um, but we've got we've yeah. got to populate it. So yes. So well, I'm assuming Seek Locate is your number one number so one. far. Yep. Yeah, all right. Yep. So I'm putting that in, and that's the yep. same for me. But basically, that then leaves Bounty. City at the edge of the world, Star Drive, and Gambit. So I'm assuming Star Drive is at the bottom. Star Drive would be at the bottom. City would be second. City um, second. Gambit third. And then yeah. um, Bounty. Bounty fourth. Yeah. All right. I'm going to copy you exactly. That's yeah. exactly what I, I'm doing here. I mean, I like City at the uh, at the edge of the world. You know, you, Babe and the Butcher and Carol and and all that. But here we've got you, you know yeah. it's gonna that's what i mean I, I think this will get very tight and make us work for our non-living um on this one because i off the top of my head i can think of five episodes that would easily go into it i can probably mm. think of 20 episodes that will go into it so yeah i think i think that's a good list to start with and i've got a feeling number five will drop off Next Pretty point. soon, yeah. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. Um, um, I, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, in our fives, you know, how much of it is season one, two, and three. How, yeah. how much three is in there, how much two is in there, and how much one is in there. Could be by the end of it all, they're all season ones, maybe. Be, I yeah. don't know, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, I've got to whip out my calculator now because Good. here we go. This is it. This is the most characters we've ever had to vote on in any of our is, shows yeah. we've ever done. So we'll go in, in, in order of appearance. So Phil's baby first, the robot. Robot. The Federation robot. The, the design of that robot. Design. I mean, the design's all right. It's, it's flat panel construction. Um, it, it was an Ian Schoon's design, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think they've gone with... Because it could have been so much worse... Uh, than it was. Um, my only thing with the design is I'd love to know what size they thought it was going to be. Did they envisage it being much larger than it you was? You think it might be a spinal tap? They, they, I think they, so, yeah. They measured in inches when it should yeah. be centimetres or whatever. And they, they trolled up with it and went, well, it's, it's only four foot tall. Um, it could have been, I suppose it could have been worse. It could have been something like canine. It could have been a man in, what was that, the one in Volcano? It could have been something like that. Yeah. Um, so design-wise, I'm going to give it a, I'll give it a six and a half. Six and a half. I gave it a five because yeah. I found it very average. I mean, it looks like what it is. It's been made out of a bit of plywood, you know, and and obviously in Schoon's being, you know, a special effects bod knows about the limitations yes. of things. So he's, I think he's incorporated yeah, he's that into the design. I think so. He's not put any compound curves. He's not put any domes or anything that would be difficult to mould. All flat panels. Yeah, all flat pack. Torches, torch heads yep. for eyes. Yeah. Um, I There's a quote in that book that I forgot to bookmark it, but that photo shoot day, you know, where you had Gareth Thomas and, yes. and, and, and Sally and, and Jan and the robot. Yeah. There was also photos of... Uh, Terry Nation with the robot and yep. there's a quote from Ian Schoon saying about um, do you think it might be an idea to have the photo of the designer of the robot with the robot i.e. me and Terry Nation goes no this is all about me he goes yeah. like this and that's why you don't see Ian Schoon's with the robot yeah he was a a strange man like that wasn't he yeah yeah alright so that's the design of the robot yep. but now we have the effectiveness of the robot this is where it, it falls down a bit for me because it's not very practical. Every time you see it, it's got to be 
down a curb so that you can't see the rails it's running on. Um, I question whether uh, having a flamethrower on a security <laughs> robot is a good idea. And it also makes that horrible whirring, whirring noise. noise. Um, so I think this is where the the the, uh, the execution is lets it down. So I'm I'm going to give it a four for execution. Four. I don't think it's particularly good. I gave it a three. Yeah. So that's three and a half. All right. Um, plus that divided by two equals. 4.6. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, 4.6 for the robot. Now we've got Prell, the lab-suited yeah. uh, Federation scientist, whatever he scientist, is. Scientist, yeah, some sort of His design, yeah, what do you think of this white outfit with I, I quite, nifty I boots? I quite like it, because it's... I'm just looking at it now, and it's, an, it's not just... I don't think they've just, got, like, bought a, a white painter's overall. It looks pretty well-tailored, Um it's got knit cuffs and a knit collar. I I like the boots. Like you said, the the boots look quite expensive. I I think it's a good good look. I can't remember whether we ever see it again. I'm sure they must have. We might see it in Killer. Them. They might be yeah. wearing them in Killer Could or be, something right, like that. Yeah. So design wise, Prell, I'm going to give him a. Uh, I'm going to give him a seven. Yep, that's what I've got. And how effective is Prell? Uh, I like Prell. <laughs> I, I I like it. He's only in it for a few minutes, but he seems intelligent. The actor's doing a good job. He's got that weird mic thing going on. Um, I'm going to keep him at seven. He's so a, have I. He's yes. a seven character. All right, so he's in Caravan 7. Now we've got the Season 1 Federation Guards, the design of a Federation Guard. Well, this, this to me, this, the Guards don't get any better than Season 1 because this is when... They're they're still using the proper boots. They're still the suits are still in good nick for mostly. They haven't crushed their tea caddy, uh, their tea strainers. Um, it was such to me as a kid. It was such an iconic look. Mm. Uh, it's just it's mesmerising. It's so well done. Uh, so design wise, kind um, of give it a ten. So have I. Yes. And I'm not prejudiced at all. <laughs> no, not prejudiced at all. <laughs> In that yeah. I am one. Um, no, no, it, it, it's a classic, iconic image. Yep. You yeah, know, 100%. the BBC for all, all, all the slagging off it gets for its low budgets and limitations and stuff. You look at a, a photo of a Federation guard, yep. be it black and white or colour. It's even better in colour because you've got the fluorescent green yep. band. But no, no, it, it is a classic, I iconic. I think this is, this is as good a design as a Stormtrooper. I was about to say the very thing. Yeah, very same thing. All right. But how effective are they in um, season in one? In season one. So it's difficult because they get less effective as they go on because the stories need to have Blake winning all the time um, so I can't I can't give them a 10 but it's damn near perfect I love their guns, I love the blasts they do, I love the the fact that we've still got a decent number of them in season 1, they're not doing anything particularly silly um, but I, I can't give them a 10 on that so I, I'm going to drop down to a 9 for. I knew you were going to say that I knew, yeah because I've done exactly the same yeah. as well, I mean they, they, there are a couple of silly moments in here yeah. Um, but I can forgive that. For all the silly moments, you've got a brilliant look. Yes. You know, when that Federation guard slaps Kelly across the face, you know. Um, yeah, it's great. There's a reason it... they put this in. They put these guards in the opening titles. Yes. Yeah. 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 Good point. All right. That's nine point five for the Federation guards. Mark one. Uh, now we go on to uh, Burkhol. Yes, Burkhol. The Laurel. The, the the Oliver Hardy. In this partnership, this, this is where design-wise, it becomes a bit interesting because we're we're we're, we're veering into the season one tabard country. They are. We? They're both wearing tabards. Rontaine's slightly more fancy than Burkholz, but they yeah. basically are t- tabards, aren't they? They they really are. Yes. Um, it's difficult on the design because yeah, it sometimes the lack of budget did shine out. And usually it was in these sort of characters because they're not doing a lot. Um, it's sort of it does the job. So I'm going to give them. I'm going to give Burkhol a. Eh, the design is run of the mill. A five. Yep. Snap. And how effective is Burkhol? Um, I, I 
I like him. I like. I think he's quite effective. Um, we don't see a lot of them, but they do flesh it out. So I, I'm going to give him a seven as effectiveness. I gave him an eight. Ooh. All right, so that's seven point five. So that's uh, divided by two equals six point two five for Burkle. Yep. Right, and now we've got Rontaine, his mate yeah. next door. Who I think is possibly in the same tabard, but uh, he's... It looked a bit yeah. fancier to me. Yeah, it looks like more... a slightly different... The cut is the same, but then I, I presume it's probably the same cut that Blake was uh, wearing in episode mm-hmm. one. Um, but he's got a, a, a light grey uh, sort of undergarment, which does make it stand out a bit more. It gives him a yeah. bit more of a, an interesting look. Um so I'm going to give him a six for design. That's what I've done, yeah. It just bumps it up yeah, a bit, it just, doesn't just it? Enough to make him different. Yeah. All right, and how effective is Ron Um He's great. I love Ron I mean, I love Peter Miles. He's so good. Um, so I'm going to go up to a... What did I give? I gave him a seven, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for an eight. For... An eight. Yeah. I gave him a ten. I think wow. he's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, you know? That lucky man. Lucky, you know? That single lucky man. Yeah, he was a brilliant actor, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was great. He was so reliable. Yeah. All right, so a six for um, um, uh, design, a nine for um, uh, a thingamajig uh, effectiveness. So that's 7.5 for Rontaine. Uh, we've got the Buffont one now, Ray. Now, Ray is wearing a Federation officer's uniform, isn't he? So he design-wise, is, yeah. he's, got, he's got the inverted uh, triangle, hasn't he, on yep. his chest, much like Escon. Well, I um, think it's probably the same <coughs> one from Escon. Yeah. Um, because when we meet Escon, he's all on film, isn't he? I think I'm yep. saying. Yes. So that yep. would have been film first. So he's <laughs> probably wearing that same one, which is probably the one we've... We've uh, had our sweaty paws on. Oh, Provines. Yeah. yeah. I think it's probably the same one. I, I like the officer. I like that uh, leather piece. And again, it's mimicked on uh, Travis's uniform as well. Um, I, just, I wish they'd have kept... I, I wish they'd have kept a consistent Federation design style rather than <laughs> like when season three and it just whatever model yeah. is there would be a shit yeah. whatever costume we've got will be a uniform. Um yeah, so I, I like the the officer's uniform. Uh, he is a bit, um, yeah, he's a bit of a pompadour, and he's obviously a he's not a line he's, officer. Tra- Travis has got no respect for him whatsoever. No, um, and that I yeah. mean, we're talking design, and that seventies blow wave hairdo yeah. is, is very unfortunate. I wish he'd kept his helmet on. Yeah, yeah, he would. But then um, I got a feeling these uh, these staff officers never wear helmets because it would ruin their hair. Yeah. I imagine they've got some sort of little cap that we never see. Well, just put a balaclava on him then. Yeah. You know? That would be good, yeah. Because that dates it. That really does look it like does, late, yeah. late 70s. So what what do you give him out of 10 um, for design? Design-wise then... Uniform with Because we're going to come back to this officer's uniform, but on different people. Uh, I'm going to give him a 6 for design. A 6. I gave him a 7. Yeah. Um, it would have been higher, but, you know, the... Um, that hairdo is uh, yeah. unforgivable. All right, so that's six and a half on design. How effective is this guy? Um, he's he's okay, but he doesn't. Unfortunately, I think in any other episode he would stand out as being good, but he's up against some stiff competition in this episode, um, and he doesn't really stand out that much. Uh, I like the bit where he oversteps. Yeah, um, I like that. So I'm, I'll give him a seven for effectiveness. Oh, I gave him a four. Did you? You didn't like him at all. No, because he's just so fey, and he looks so young. I can't believe that he and Serverlan are are mates. Well, I think they're more than mates, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she she's a oh he, he he looks about seventeen. I don't know how old I the ag- actor was. I imagine he's the son of a, a senator or something, and he and he's got this job. Okay. Right, um, family connections. <laughs> so, so that's a six then. Yep. Um, for Ray, uh, ne- nearly at the end. Escon then, base commander Escon. It's basically the yep. same suit again, isn't it? It's the same suit again, but he's got his helmet and balaclava, and yep. his helmet's got silver trim, which I quite like. Um, yeah. He looks more of a 
he looks more of a threat than uh, the the line officer, uh, the staff officer guy. Yeah. Um, I, I I like the look. I think it's good. I love the. I, I think the the officer stuff looks good. I quite like that silver trim. Um, it's also handy when I made my helmet. I I made it an officer one because that that hid a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of sins on the cutting of the plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I like him. I'm going I'm going for his design. I'm going to give him an eight. I gave him a nine because it is a classic. Yeah. Okay, so that's eight point five. And how effective is Escon? Uh, I I like it. I I think Travis has got respect for him. He delivers it well. He doesn't do a lot. It's a shame he wasn't around at the beginning. Or mm. even came back. Why didn't they bring re- recurring people like this? Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll give him an 8. Yeah, I gave him an 8 as well. Okay. So that's a final of 8.25. And then, yeah, the big man himself. Travis Mark 1. Travis. The design of Travis Mark 1. His, his uniform is astonishingly good. Um, it's super complicated. It's made up of many panels of, of ribbed knitting and uh, leather genuine leather it's embossed um, it must have smelt lovely oh i bet it i bet because there's nothing well, like the creaking smell of, yeah of, of leather it's so good isn't it i mean now it's frowned upon because i'm seeing you know animal welfare and things like mm-hmm. that but i've still got my leather jacket from mad max days up in the attic and I, i'll occasionally get out and give it a sniff there's nothing <laughs> like there's nothing like it um so for me this is a this is an easy 10 yeah, ditto. And how effective is he? Uh, ten. It's Stephen yep. Greif at his best. It's superb. Yep. Anyone that watches this and doesn't like this performance, I'm not sure why you're watching. No, no. No, I'll join you in that ten. Yeah. Um, in in so... anything else other than sci-fi, this would have been an award-winning yeah. performance. Yeah. But because of yep. sci-fi, of course, it never got a look in at the awards. I'm glad. I'm glad at the end, you know, old Stephen was out on the convention circuit, and he yes. went to the, the 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 smaller conventions where you had genuinely fans who and the love for the character yeah, was I genuine. He, I think he knew that the fans loved him and loved. I, I think he was slightly bemused by it, but yeah, I, I I'm glad that he he experienced that. Yeah, yeah, bless him. All right, so. Caravan Park or Caravan Dome time. So the robot goes in at 4.6. His nearest, he's all by himself. Nearest neighbour at 4.5 is Tarvin. <laughs> all right. So the robot beat Tarvin. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair enough. Um, then Prell is at yep. number seven, all by himself. Okay. One side he's got Tice, and the other side he's got Sarkoff and Doctor Plaxton. Who? Mm. All right. Yeah. The uh, Federation Guard, first season, 9.5. All right. Puts him second from the top in the caravan park. Right. All right. Which is very high. On one side, he's got Baben. On the other side, he's got Cali season one. All right. That's a nice sandwich, isn't it? Yep. Now we've got uh, Rontaine. Secretary Rontaine is at seven and a half. All right. right. All by himself. Oh, okay. Okay. Burkhol is at 6.25, all by himself. We're getting an awful lot of caravans being created. Yes. I think we will for a while, won't we? Yeah, and then they'll start. It's like what we're doing in the Hammer Horrors, isn't it? Yes. They're slowly starting slowly to build back up. up. Yeah. Yeah. It's Ray, early in the season. The park's still not full. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's early in the season. Yeah. Ray, uh, the Buffont one, is sharing a caravan. Is because, his name spelt in a spacey way, or is it just yeah, Ray? Yeah, Yeah. Um, he is in number six uh, with yes. President Sarkoff and Dr. Plaxton. Oh, okay. All right. Then, yeah, <laughs> Base Commander Escon is sharing a caravan. Oh. Yeah. He is, is he... sharing with toys. Okay, you'll like that. Yeah, and Carol. Oh, Fair enough. Mm-hmm. That's like a, that's a sitcom waiting to happen. That's a man about the house, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Base commander around the caravan. It's not yeah. as, quite as catchy, but yeah. And then finally, Travis Mark One. Yep. Is at caravan number ten at the top of the camp or at top of the dome with Babe and the Butcher. Oh, that's a 
that's a, a leather and studded caravan if ever there was one. That is amazing amount of leather yeah. and studs yeah. in, in that caravan. But I cannot see Travis Mark I in the same universe as Babe and the Butcher. No, you're, and, and you know, we, we love them both for different reasons. But yeah, you, what one is a great character and the other's a real person. And they just, mm. yeah, it's not going to work, is it? No, but they are sharing. They are sharing, <laughs> so they'll be all right. All right. Well, that's over an hour we've been wow. blathering away. So, uh, yeah, good fun. Always a, yeah, a joy to return to Blake 7 and especially Season 1. Yes. But next we're off to Season 2. two. Yeah. And you yeah. don't know because it's my choice. Because last time around we went to Gambit, didn't we? We did, yes. With, with, with toys. Um, but, um, but now it's my choice. And my clue to you is this is uh, a character I think... Uh, I think your wife will uh, enjoy sitting down and watching with you because I know she's a fan of this actor. Oh. Season two. Season two has got an actor because I can remember we have we have discussed this story before. Yep. Only one character. We've only been to it once and talked about the main villain of that tale. But there are uh, uh, subsid... Uh, lower characters yeah. that we didn't discuss. Oh, right. Okay. Um, I should have prepped and looked through the episode two list. Uh, no, I, I think, think she had a bit of a, I think she had a bit of a thing for him back in oh, the day. Right. He went on to be in a comedy sitcom. Went on to be in a comedy sitcom. Yes. Where he played a handyman. Oh, it's uh, Carl Hellman, yeah. Carl yeah. Hellman. Yeah, in did, In the um... story Shadow. Yep. Uh, bonus point, if you can guess or remember his name. Isn't you know, it? listener. Oh, God. No, I don't. It was Beck. It's Jacko. B-E-K. <laughs> Jacko, Beck. yeah. But but in Blake 7, he plays Beck. All right, I so thought... what character are we doing? Is it some of the Terra Nostra? Yeah, well, he plays Beck yeah. and his sister Hannah. You know who, who's addicted to yes. Shadow? Do you remember? Yes, uh, yeah, I remember the episode well. Didn't and they've got a dead brother before? called Petey. No, no. All oh, we've right. discussed in Shadow is Largo. Ah, okay. Uh, do you know what? I thought we'd discuss them. Oh no, that's good then. Yeah, they're quite meaty characters. Yeah, yeah. Well, so a whiff of ham about them anyway. But um, yeah, and I remember yeah. before, and this is something we will have to th- yeah. think about is. At the end, where you know Largo's been bumped off by yeah. his uh, lieutenant, he's talking to someone on the screen, and we were speculating: is that the president yes. of the Federation, yeah. or was the president so... running it? They never went anywhere with it, did they? But no, no. We had, but, we had uh, some theories, didn't we? We did. So we're going to resurrect those theories yeah, next okay. time. All right. We're going to go back to Beck. Back to Beck. Yes. So it's going to be a little oh, while now because back to the future back to the yeah that's another good way of putting it yeah we're going to be a little while now because we're yes. going into uh, um, hour long Jerry Anderson shows and we, we never are, record yes. a Blake 7 on a Sunday when we do an hour long uh, Jerry Anderson alright so yeah so it'll be a while before we come back but we're coming back to Shadow alright yeah it'll be I think Terra Hawks will be next one yeah we, when we reach Terra Hawks that's when we'll be coming back yep. to Blake 7 alright and then we'll have a run of about you know three three uh, Three recordings worth yes. in a row, but we don't right? we don't want to rush through these. Do we? No, no, no. Save. It's always a joy, and it's going to yeah. be fun to go back to season two. It because, is, yes, because yeah. we can vote about them. We can vote about Largo as well. Yeah. We've got to put Largo in the caravan as well. Oh, All right, yeah. all right. Okay, folks. Okay, um, yeah. so yeah, we'll see you next time then. Nice one. Thanks, right. then. Thanks, then. Bye-bye. Bye, bye.